This is Blood and Firewater, a true crime, comedy, discussion type podcast. We shoot tequila and we chase it with a case of murder. Just as a disclaimer, this podcast contains mature content not suitable for all ages. So listener's discretion is advised. I am your host Rashad and I would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning into the show. We promise not to be insensitive to the victims and respect their families. However, we will poke fun at other persons, places, and things involved with the case. And we will keep our opinions based on the facts of the case. We're not professionals, and we don't pretend to be. Alright, so welcome back to the John Bonet case, part two. There was no way we could fit it all in one episode. If you haven't heard part one, go ahead and just stop right now. We'll wait right here. We'll wait right here. And... Listen to that first, then come back, and we'll 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 pick back up from right here. Um, I just want to get started by saying, if you haven't already, check out our Instagram page. Give us a follow. Give us a couple likes. Whatever doesn't matter. Just check it out if you don't mind. If you don't want to, you don't have Instagram. That's fine too. Whatever. Um, <laughs> we also have a Twitter page at BFW Pod Squad and a Facebook at blood and firewater podcast we got some new reviews let me yeah we have three more um i didn't i didn't read this one previously it was left on the 8th of november i don't know how i missed it but cj lamb 12 says that first off good job guys all right five stars each episode keeps getting better and better keep it up exclamation mark all right he's telling us what to do, telling us what to do. <laughs> so then um from there we have another one that from derelict 88 feel the fire blood and fire water excels at true crime over most other shows it does so by having interesting topics entertaining rapport between the hosts and being well researched this is a show that's perfect for a midnight drive any true crime fans for those with general interest in the macabre should check this out. Give them a listen and a subscribe. Um, and then we got another one. And I actually gave this one a shout out on Instagram because it was the best review I had ever heard in my life. It came from Ketchup Galore 713. Blood and Fire Water, what a catchy title. That's what got my attention in the first place. As I was looking forward, looking for something to listen to, when I heard in the matter of seconds, shoot tequila and chase it with a case of murder, I was instantly hooked. Each episode that I've listened to so far, I dig how information gruesome these crimes are, as well as how clear the sound is. With the input of what the brother and sister have to say about these crimes, they make the show extremely interesting. I can tell they have put a lot of thought into the show and done their research. Also, I love their personalities and that they share some of their personal stuff as they talk about these cases. Thank you all for putting out a podcast I actually look forward to hearing each week. Stay gross, Rashad and Brandy. <laughs> That's the nicest shit anybody has ever said to me indirectly. Like, I've never gotten a birthday card that <laughs> said some shit like that. Like, that was, that was great. Yeah, I mean... She should get a, a whole Christmas no, I, merch 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to find this person. But if I do, like, if I, if I do, and I will. Yeah, <laughs> I will find you. I will find you. Who was that from? Taken. Taken Lisa, the Liam Neeson. Um, I'll give you. A, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out later. Oh yeah. So that takes care of the reviews for this week. Uh, so tonight we're drinking uh, 100 Años Tequila Reposado. I don't know why I said that like a Japanese person. But, um, yeah, we're, I've never actually had this tequila. It's, it's not, it's not that great. Like, I, I got it when, when you go to the liquor store and you looking at the bottom shelf, you're not getting anything. That's, I mean, it's, it's not top shelf. You okay? guys, I had no say in the no, alcohol you don't. part of this show starting. So let's just, you know, fun fact. I hate tequila. So when he says it's not good tequila, I just, I can't. No, it's not. I don't know. I've never tried it. I've had some, like, Rancho Allegra. Rancho Allegra actually, you know, is really good tequila. So is Luna Azul? Yeah. Same thing. Like, you don't know what you're going to get for, like, $19 a bottle. So. Right. Because I remember I used to think that Jose Cuervo was good. Yeah, Jose Cuervo used to be good, but like I felt like it started watering that shit down. Yeah, I don't know if it was for the better or the worse after a while. Like, it was good when you were drinking it, and I was like just hitting my drinking stage of liquor, and it was banging. Like I loved stealing it from you, and then when I seen it, I was like, ugh. Every time I came over, you had a bottle. I was like, ew. Why is he still drinking that? All right, so before we get started, we're going to toss these back, and we're going to dive into a case of murder. All right. Oh, that's not good to kill. That is not good to kill. All right. Mm-mm. So, where we left off in the case. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. We left off at the autopsy. They found a little bit of pineapple in her stomach. Ah. All right. So, the thing about the stomach is. Your face is making my. <laughs> it wasn't good. Oh my god! Okay, it, it tastes like toothpaste. Yeah, it, it tastes it, it tastes like you want to make a face as if you just brushed your teeth. All right, so ah. we left off at the autopsy. They found pineapple remains of pineapple, some 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 other stuff, but they were like, "This is the pineapple." So what I I, I did some research about the stomach. Oh. And the thing about the stomach is, as soon as you eat something, it doesn't go straight to your stomach. Right. It, there's a lot there, of passage. There's a, there's a lot of stuff it goes through. So, with that being said, that pineapple could have come from that night, or it could have came from yeah, but they yesterday. Said, they said nobody had had pineapple. So where the hell did she get the pineapple from? It was if a. It was a. It was it. a thing. Like you know how your Her kids favorite. like something and I they mean, eat I can, it. Every day. Yeah, I can understand if it was in her house, but didn't research say that they didn't have, they had no idea where the pineapple came from. Well, no, because the pineapple came from the house. That, it, there it was probably, a bowl you know of pine. I, I'm going to get into it. Let, let's start. Let's, probably, like, hey, let's start. They probably had a chef. What? They, probably, they, had, they had a nanny. Right. They probably had a chef. And that nanny chef probably cooked. cooked. Oh, yeah. And whatever she didn't use, she threw away because they were just going to buy more because they had 140 windows. 
Okay, 104. 104. Let's start with a couple guys that outwardly just confessed to the murder with no pressure needed, no no interrogation, no actual even being a suspect a little bit, but not really. Let's get into it. A man named Gary Oliver, age 54, who's a convicted pedophile currently serving a 10-year sentence in Colorado for possessing child pornography, is up for parole in 2020. Back in 1996, Oliver was a registered sex offender whose listed address was not far away from the Ramsey home. And he also hung out in the, the back alleys around the neighborhood. Like, he, he was known to just be in the area. Granted, you don't know half the child or, or the sex offenders in your area. At any any point in time. All right, my man's is going out for parole next year. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Not even next year. It's in like thirty days. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! He's going up. Anybody in Colorado? This man's name come up on the docket. Let us know. Yeah, we'll be there. Gary Oliver, not Oliver, Oliver. He he allegedly confessed to accidentally killing the six-year-old in a series of letters sent to a former high school student uh, named Mike Vale. Excerpts from the letter from Oliver DeVale say, quote, I never loved anyone like I did John Bonet, yet I let her slip and her head bashed in half and I watched her die. It was an accident. Please believe me, she was not like the other kids, unquote. Vale, disgusting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're kind of fucking... What kind of person gets a letter like that and then doesn't immediately do something? He waited a while yeah. to come forward. So let's let's go ahead and start there. Like I'm gonna stick a pin in that. And he, I mean, he didn't a need a red pin. Yeah, like he didn't know the Rams. He he just was somebody that seen him in the neighborhood. What do you mean? Like you said that he didn't live far, right? No, he his listed address wasn't far. But hanging in alleyways, that sounds a little unsurprising. It goes hand in hand with the the transient theory, which is coming up. But Uh. there's there's pretty much, there's hundreds of suspects, don't get me wrong. But there's like, we got our top eight. Vale said in an interview with Daily Mail, quote, My suspicions began when Gary called me late on December 26, 1996. He was sobbing and said, I heard a little girl. The Oliver theory is, Gary Oliver broke into the Ramsey home after midnight and wrote a three-page ransom note. Then he knocked John Bonet out with a taser, then abducted her, took her to the basement to escape. As he tried to climb out the window using the suitcase, John Bonet fell out of his arms and cracked her skull. In a panic, Oliver just booked it out the window. Now... There are I, a cu- there are a couple things that throw Oliver out as a suspect, in my opinion. When you look at the actual evidence of the case, his DNA does not match up with the DNA found on John Bonet's underwear. His fingerprints were nowhere to be found in the house. His handwriting does not match that of the letter found in the home. And when John Bonet was quote unquote dropped accidentally. Why strangle the rest of the life out of this child and place her where no one could find her? That doesn't sound like an accident. Yeah, like, oh, shit. 
Like when I you keep when going. I when I have an accident, like you kind of be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." That's the first thing that comes out of your mouth, unless it wasn't an accident. The second guy that just kind of came forward with this confession was a man named John Mark Carr. Carr was a 41-year-old second grade teacher at the time of the murder. He was arrested and formally charged with the murder of Jean-Benet Ramsey on August 17, 2006, after he confessed to the murders in Bangkok, Thailand. He confessed to drugging and sexually assaulting Jean-Benet before accidentally killing her. He also had a warrant for a child pornography case from California in 2001. Here's why I don't think we got our guy either. Now, with this guy, in my opinion, he was trying to get out of Thailand because he probably did what he confessed to doing to John Bonet to some kid there. The rape slash murder of a child in Thailand carries an automatic death penalty. But if the suspect confesses to the crime, they only get life. Even then, nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to serve a life sentence in Thailand. He figured the 50 nifty would find him as he confessed to the crime of the century at the time, you know, the John Bonet case. They would just come and extradite him out of Thailand and he would get treated better over here than in Thailand. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, but what? Plus, he already has the background of being a complete piece of shit child molester. You're yeah, going to get I, I, all the love you need in a U.S. prison. I promise you, bro. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, so if in, if that's in fact where he still I, I is, because like after he got back to Colorado and they figured out that he didn't do it, they sent him out to California to serve those warrants from 2001. But so how would how weren't anyone or is that how was it how, how wasn't anyone? how weren't anyone how weren't they like paying attention to him in Thailand like so if he was just a literal piece of shit and had a bad background why wasn't he being arrested in Thailand okay so he went all the way back to the states the story about that is there was a guy writing a. a a biography about the John Bonet case. And then John Mark Carr reached out to him and was like, Hey, you know, I kinda I kinda did this shit. And yeah, no, there's people like that out there. I mean, want to confess to crimes that are like right. publicized so with that they've done something. With that being said, you also, like in Gary Oliver's case, have those instances where you confess to something that you didn't really even fucking do just to get attention attention yeah, just like, to like get yourself some clout yeah, you know like what i mean the gypsy case my kid's sick give her money and lots of shit because i but want her also, to have all this attention with this guy's case i feel like and that's my personal opinion this is america i'm entitled to it John Mark Carr tried to confess to something that would get him out of Thailand because he did some shit in Thailand <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why that would get him fucked up. Now, pedophiles <laughs> and Thailand go hand in hand. 
I know this because I think it said in an article in this newspaper I wrote for Thailand, like 80 people get abducted every day in Thailand. 80. Thailand's not big. Yeah, no, I'm scared to fucking even leave the States, let alone live in the States. Like, it's just scary out here. And being in another country scares the shit out of me. Unless I got mad security. Unless I'm on some Kanye West shit out there. <laughs> even then, like ASAP Rocky. Switzerland. And then I thought Rick. it was in Sweden. Sweden, yeah. He is designing prisonware for the prison in Sweden that he was staying at. That's crazy. That, that's the biggest fuck you that you could probably ever do. Like, how can you deny somebody bettering prison uniform or doing better for prisons, the prison system anyway? But yeah, like, I'm so scared to leave the States. If you say we got to go somewhere that's not in the United States of America, you might have to find somebody else. Or we can Skype. I don't know. FaceTime? I'm not going to be there. I'm not sure I can leave the States. Oh. So, with oh. that being said, let's <laughs> talk about how John Mark Carr isn't our guy. Well, John Mark Carr is just trying to get out of some shit. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I said that. Yeah, I know. So, number two, he couldn't answer some of the most basic questions about the case, and his confession raised more questions than answers. Like, they would ask him some of the most basic shit, like... What did, time was it? Did you know John Bonet? He's like, no comment. <laughs> like, what? what? Like, bro, like, this Get is... Get the fuck this... out of here. You waste my time. <laughs> it, it it just made me furthermore just be like, this guy's trying to get out of fucking Thailand. So, number three, there were no drugs in John Bonet's system. I was going to say that, like, she... Carr said that he <laughs> drugged John Bonet. So, let's... Let's go ahead and yeah, just write this guy I, off. That would be one of the things that stood out to you. Like, no, she didn't have drugs in her system. Also, the tried and true DNA sample Carr provided did not match the DNA that was left on John Bonet's underwear. Ugh. So, moving, moving forward, we'll 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 go over the um, break in slash transient slash inside job theory. The most slash, slash. the most the most controversial theory there is because it implies that either the family did it or there was it was an inside job type thing. I mean... The morning of the murder, there was snow on the ground in Boulder. Police completed their search of the house and ruled out this theory of a break-in as there was no signs of forced entry, meaning whatever happened to Jean Benet, it happened with the intruder already being inside of the house. The only people inside of the house were the Ramses. So let's talk about some of the facts from inside the house. Facts. <laughs> not, I'm not making this up. A bowl of pineapple was found on the table in the kitchen when police arrived. The only fingerprints that were on the bowl were Burke and Patsy's. Pineapple was found inside of Jean Bonnet's stomach. Could she have woke up in the middle of the night and came downstairs and snatched a piece of pineapple without touching the bowl? You bet. She very well could have ate the pineapple days before. I was telling you about the the stomach study I was doing, you know, very briefly. Weirdo. And you can have ate something yesterday and poop it out tomorrow. Does that make poop? sense? Yeah, no, I, All right. I can go so, days without So, with that being said, 
if the you know there could be pineapple in her stomach but they can't definitively say she ate it that night right please also though. say what it was fresh though i'm sure when they looked at it they i don't like, that's i don't a, that's a pineapple there there's <laughs> several several thousands of pages that no one will ever see about this investigation so that's why it only goes so far and that's why it's so speculated yeah and it's illuminati okay Police say that the letter was written inside of the house because the pen and pad used belonged to the Ramses. We brought this up in the first part, how they had like a tour of houses thing. Yeah. Could someone have swiped a pen and pad without anybody noticing? For sure. John was later excluded from being a suspect in writing the letter. However, Patsy's results came back inconclusive. Some police said she wrote it. Some said she didn't. We don't know. Fucking Patsy. Burke was officially questioned by police the day of the murder, two weeks after the murder, and then again in front of a grand jury. As much as sibling rivalry can be overwhelming at times, I can say in my experience of 32 years of life having brothers and sisters that I would not attempt to inflict that type of bodily harm on any of my siblings doesn't say much, but I want to believe that he was not capable of this mentally. Okay, yes, he did act weird, and he looks weird, and he probably smells weird, but the parents try their best to give Burke somewhat of a normal life after the fact. He was just jealous, that's it. That's what a jealous kid looks like. CBS did prove that a nine-year-old would be physically capable of inflicting the type of damage done to Jean Bonnet. They took they took that documentary off TV because Burke sued him. So Burke was not perfect. Okay. All right. By a long shot, he apparently had hit John Bonet with a golf club before. He had the same bedwetting issue. Deadly weapon. Yeah, golf clubs. Uh, you, you we can... talked, Martha. Yeah, <laughs> Martha. Okay. All right. Whack. He Whack. had the bedwetting issues, but what was weird, and it may not be weird to everybody, but he would leave poop in places that it shouldn't. It should only be in the toilet. Everywhere well, he else put it... it under the Christmas tree. <laughs> so, so let's 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 Bert. let's try the cover-up theory. Just a theory, not my opinion. I don't want to believe Bert did it. <laughs> but it is a theory and we're going to talk about it. It was Bert and Patsy in my If John my was trying to protect Burke because if Burke did get caught, John would lose Burke to the system. Bye, he would lose Jean Bonnet and he already lost a daughter in a car crash. That's three kids. Just gone. Why would he let Burke be questioned by police so many times? I don't think Burke had the mental capability of outsmarting the police or the FBI at nine years old. You know what I mean? Like, he let him get questioned three times. As a parent, okay, you just made a very good point. If I lost a daughter already, just lost my second one, and only had a son left, and then I lose him to the state, like, prison for the rest of his life i i, I mm, might 
Bruh. Furthermore, the Ramsey family, according to this book, right here, had been more more than cooperative with the investigation. They claim that the police just didn't do their job right. For example, police claim that the Ramseys didn't provide their clothes from the night of the murder to the police until a year later. What the fuck? John says that they didn't ask for the clothes until a year later. Okay. That kind of... Stupid. Stupid. He kind of just said that, you know, the, the police were on their bullshit. Trying to... Because they were almost immediate suspects. Like, after, after the fact that they... As they should have been. After the fact that they could not determine that it was a break-in type thing, they were like, well, they obviously did it. So they, the, the story was wrapped around the parents doing it. I'm not saying that's my opinion. I swear this case read, grinds my gears. I've read... Every time we talk about it. Or I talk about or it. Or I've watched... So many documentaries. I know it fucking pisses I've, me off. I've read this like, book by you know. After all the documentaries by the parents. Yeah, even that book. Like I'm sure because I'm supposed to read that book, um, the death of innocence by John and Patsy Ramsey. I'm supposed to read this, but I feel like after all the documentaries I've read, and even reading a book that comes from the mouth of these two people. My theory is going to relate or just keep going back to what I, I believe in. And it was the family. They say there was a Patsy rage kill Jean Benet theory, but I highly doubt this theory. I didn't make it a theory. If she were to put one child before all of the others, it's Jean Benet. Like she, she had two stepkids and then she had Burke and Jean Benet. Who's first? JB. Okay. Right. So. She lived through this child and had aspirations for the future of this child. Signing her up for classes. You remember we talked about that. Yeah. Signing her up for pageants. The last thing she would want is even a bruise where a judge would see it. You know what I mean? Patsy contested any attempts that the investigators tried to blame the family until her death of ovarian cancer in 2006. So... If Patsy knew, she took that shit to the grave with her. If all three of them did this or had a part of it, they all got away with it. Do you ever think about that? They all, all three of them got away with it. Well, there, there's one weird thing since, since you do bring that up. And I'm going to play the 911 call after they apparently hung up. So in the 911 call, after Patsy thought she hung up, it's alleged that John can be heard in the background saying, we're not speaking to you. And then he says, what did you do? And then you can hear a smaller voice in the background that says, what did you find? Now, they left Burke asleep. So... If that's the case, then why can Burke be heard in the background of the 911 call? And he was asleep until like 12 o'clock. Supposedly. Supposedly. 
So, okay. That's, that's, that's the fucked up part about their whole, we didn't do anything shit. So, moving right along to a person that actually has keys, security codes, and 24-hour access to the Ramsey home, the housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh. Patsy claimed that she had been acting strange on the days leading up to the murder. She had motive to be there because Patsy agreed to leave her $2,500 for rent and told Hoffman Pugh that she would leave the check on the kitchen counter the day before they left. Or, I mean, that, that morning, she would leave the check. You know what I mean? Yeah. She could have wanted to catch Patsy in the act of writing the letter and have, a comp- have an accomplice break in and request more money. If so, what was the point of writing the note? Or the kidnapping, for that matter? Couldn't they have just burgled the house and come up with enough merchandise to sell to get the $2,500 if that was the case? Right. Did she have a key to the house? Did she have keys and the password to the security systems? These types of things, if she had access to them, would be worth, you know, money to somebody who actually did burgle houses. You know what I mean? So she could have sold this information to somebody and they have ac- now they have access to the house. With that being said, let's 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 broaden or expand on the intruder slash transient theory. Crime scene pictures show snow in the front yard of the Ramsey house, but on the backside where John had broken a window to gain access, there wasn't as much snow present. To access the window, you kind of had to climb down into the window as the window was in the basement. I was going to say, it's in the basement. Debris had been moved and a suitcase was allegedly used to hoist the murderer or murderers in and out of that window. There were many suspects leading the bunch as far as this theory goes. So think, who had the motive outside of the usual suspects? The parents, the the babysitter, the guys that fucking convinced other people that they did it and just confessed. Like, outside of those, who do we got? It's important to note that Officer Barry Harcop interviewed next-door neighbors and reported that Scott Gibbons saw strange lights and movement coming from the kitchen area around midnight. And neighbor Melody Stanton awoke her husband around midnight after hearing a scream. He stated he heard the sound of metal clashing against cement. The Ramseys say they heard none of this conceivable because the house was that damn big. Like, you could be on one end of the house. 104 windows. and not hear something on the other side of the house. So we're 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 talking about people outside of the house, outside of the realm of possibility, still suspects. And the first person that we got is the Santa Claus theory. A man named Bill Reynolds played the San- the Ramsey Santa Claus at their Christmas parties because he had a burly white beard and yada yada yada. Bill gave John Bonet a letter that said she would receive a special gift after Christmas at the Christmas party of the Ramseys that they attended the night before the murder. 
JonBenet has given him some glitter at this time. She called it Stardust. And she told him to put it in his beard. Hey, put, put this in your beard. Now, it's fair to say this man had, for lack of better words, love for this little girl. Reynolds had lost his nine-year-old daughter on the same day in 1976. He had two other sons, but to me, Christmas time must have been fucked up. So he attached his emotions for his daughter to John Bonet. In my opinion, I'll rule this guy out because, well, I don't see an older gentleman who had just had a major heart bypass surgery committing this atrocious act on somebody he sincerely cared for, or even having the capability in the first place. Because, well, I I got a I got a soft spot for old people. There's there's no way this old guy did it. Casey was old. So let's. Casey was not old. Um. Let's move on to the 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 hell-raising suicidal electrician theory. Michael Hellsgoth was an electrician that lived in Colorado at Valmont Auto Junkyard with his aunt and uncle. He was described by police as an animal-beating pedophile gun nut, but to his friends, he was a nice, compassionate, hard-working, but very private-type individual. <laughs> Super ambivert. He was accused of the murder by a co-worker named John Kennedy. Not that one. <laughs> there was a boot print left in the house, and it was believed to be his boot. It was like a high-tech boot. Like, like you go to Walmart, and you see, like, everybody has those slip-resistant shoes. Yeah. Like, this was those same okay. kind of shoes. Okay. So... The electrician had a pair of the same boots, but like, who's to say all the like a lot of people don't have those boots? So, before much detective work could be done as far as this suspect goes, Helgolf was on the wrong end of a shotgun blast to the chest on Valentine's Day in 1997. Some say suicide, some say murder. I don't know. I didn't. Re- I didn't really want to just do any more research on this guy when I'm already doing all this research on that, on this case. Don John Bonet. So, we covered Burke, John, Patsy. Then you got the Santa Claus. Then you got uh, the Hellraising Electrician. Then you got Gary Oliver. Then you also got uh, John Mark Carr. That's seven... Seven hard body suspects. Then you got one more. The photographer. The photographer, his story was that it was very, very recently. It was actually this year. He was arrested for um, child pornography charges. And... um. It was alleged so like it he was he was a suspect back then and not so like I don't I, I think he I think he got cleared, to be honest with you. Like I didn't read too much into it because it was front page on the tabloid type news circuit. So I was just like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but an Oregon man who was John Bonet's photographer. Right. He was arrested for um, 
walking down the street naked, muttering, I didn't kill Jean Vinay. <laughs> That's not weird. It's not weird at all. No. Randall DeWitt Simmons, age 66, was arraigned Thursday, I, th- I think it was July 7th. And he, w- he was taken into custody on the 2nd, and then he was officially charged on the 7th. Police executed a, war- a search warrant for his home days earlier, which turned up four laptops, three camcorders, two bags of writable optical discs, and six cameras. All filled with child pornography. Cops had been tipped off by workers at a local A&W restaurant back in July of 2018 that they noticed that someone was using their Wi-Fi to download X-rated content from dark web sources. Investigators traced the activity back to a computer identified by Randall DeWitt Simmons. So, because of the... Like, he, he had some evidence and just like a lot of other people in this case he had guilt because of the fact that he was probably a child molester slash pedophile then and was doing some not so great shit then and then you know got caught up for the shit now in my opinion i don't know but he he wasn't arrested. He wasn't charged with the murder. He's just another suspect. He, yeah, he's just another suspect. He was a suspect then. He's a suspect, suspect now, now. But he just got charged. He he just got charged with some other paid uh Peter shit. And I'm glad he's in jail for one. But for two, to get any closer to the closing of this case, because for as far as I know, it's still open you know there's really no just closing it unless someone can definitively say hey this is what happened like because you've had so many copycats come out you've had so many people trying to get attention from prison you've had people who um are very well cut out to be the killer and then just not paid attention to by police or authorities. Then you got situations where a rando guy comes out of nowhere. Like Randall. Like Randall. Mm-hmm. So what we, what we will be accepting of is anybody else's theories. If you got another theory out there and we didn't present it in these in these uh in our top 8 then feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Blood and Fire Water Podcast, uh, Twitter at BFW Pod Squad, and Facebook at Blood and Fire Water Podcast. Leave Apple a review Podcast. on Apple Podcasts, and we'll be sure to shout you out on the show. Oh yeah, we both see it. So, with that being said, shoot us your shoot us your theories. We may do a follow-up case. I mean, there's there's only more theories to come. Like, it's been 24 years now. Nobody's figured this shit out yet. Like, like I feel like the more that people talk about it, the more the act, what actually happened is probably talked about. But people just don't know it. You know, that's the scariest right, no, part. It's like, I've, like I've maybe said what happened, but I just don't know it. Right. It's just you're there, your 
opinion and you're entitled to it. 20 years scot-free. Yeah. So we appreciate everybody for listening. Tune in next next episode. Stay alert. Stay alive.